0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Utah Liberty Talk. This is David, TR4 Freedom. Before we get this, uh, we get this episode kicked off, uh, talking about the election and uh, economics a little bit, I uh, just wanted to say congratulations to my friend Marshall Burr. I helped work on his campaign uh, in Wyoming, District 39, along with some other fine gentlemen. And uh, it was a great experience, and he ended up having the biggest victory in the Libertarian Party um which was a which is a super super cool achievement uh marshall's a great candidate um marine vet and i was actually i had an episode where he was going to be on the show we recorded and everything and then i get back to the sound and the whole thing is messed up the equipment just went out on me um and the whole thing was ruined which is very disappointing for me to uh to realize um frustrating super frustrating but what can you do? You know, I guess buy new equipment. Um, but anyways, uh, if you, if you like the show, if you listen to it, don't forget to, uh, subscribe, leave a review, uh, rate it, all that other good stuff. Um, and if you really want to get involved, you know, you can go to our website. We have a couple articles that are written by me. Um, and we also have a Patreon and an online store. Um, And just a reminder, the Facebook and Instagram pages have been taken down because uh, Mark Zuckerberg hates me and owns both of them. But the Twitter page is up at Utah Liberty Talk, and you can also find me on Twitter at TR4Freedom. Without further ado, let's get this going. All right, so I know it's been a while since I've gotten on. Now, I was meant to do a multiple-part series with the election where I would include uh, an episode where I talked to Marshall, a uh, little unfortunate with that situation and didn't end up getting uh around to getting it done um because of that. Uh but the election has been, I mean, we can talk about it, uh weird situation, I suppose. Not what I expected for sure. I'm gonna come out. I thought I thought Trump was gonna win. And I I'm pretty sure I've said that multiple times on the show. I really thought Trump was gonna win. I didn't I almost put money on it. Um, because i just didn't see a chance that he would lose i didn't see his his major base that voted for him um not voting for him he, but I suppose that the reasons why i was deterred from donald trump ever um is probably the reasons that he lost he, because he did a lot of things that was contrary to what his fan base wanted him to do um it didn't seem like his fan base got any smaller and definitely the people that i knew that like Trump didn't start to dislike him for the most part only a couple um and if anything i'd had more people that were iffy about trump you know go to his side and and uh kind of hop on the bandwagon but he lost and uh well was very interesting to see that and uh first and foremost i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna get into this election fraud thing um and uh i don't i well and I should leave this. Don't if you if you're like, oh, he's going to say that Trump got ripped off. Don't 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 hop off of this. Just just hear, just give it a minute because uh, that's not what I'm going to say. Uh, but I want to get to that in a minute. Um, I just I found it. I, I mean, first of all, I it was it was really interesting. We were watching the election um, and I'm sitting there and they called Virginia at like one percent for Biden. And then Trump started taking a pretty big lead. And, uh, that's, that's when, uh, when Trump was taking a lead in Virginia, that's when Arizona really started to go, start to look like it might've gone blue. And I was like, okay, well, if he takes Virginia and he loses Arizona, then, it, then like, okay, he could still win because, you know, it's 11 for 11. So what, but it was, it was really interesting to follow it. Um, you know, I, when I realized that the whole thing was going to rest on Nevada's shoulders, I mean, Nevada always goes blue. Um, so I wasn't very surprised, you know, by that whole situation, but it was, uh, I mean, yeah, I thought that, uh, I thought Trump was going to win. I, I really genuinely thought Trump was going to win and I'm surprised that he didn't. So I guess congratulations to Joe Biden. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a part of this political correct bullshit, so I don't need to say congratulations. Fuck both of you guys. Um, anyways, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, not what I expected. Uh, that's definitely for sure. Um, and I think that although both candidates have their issues, I just don't understand how Biden won. Um, because I don't really think that anyone can listen to the guy and just think that he's okay to be president. And my mother made a good point to me. She was like, well, Biden knows that he can't handle this. And that's why he's going to put a good team around him. Trump's going to you know, wants the power and is going to put a team around him that's just going to listen to everything he says. And I think that there's a lot of truth there. I think that, uh, that that you know, might've played a factor for some of the voters that would consider voting for Biden. I didn't consider it. Um, but, you know, and I didn't, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you wasted your vote, third party vote. I voted for Joe Jorgensen. I'll say it. Oh, yeah, I voted for Joe Jorgensen. Um, but I live in Utah, as you guys know, Utah. Utah. Uh, and, you know, Trump, Won Utah pretty soundly. so I don't really think it was a wasted vote um, at all. And granted, I don't think the voting for principles is a wasted vote, anyways. You know, but whatever. Um, it is interesting to see how the uh, how a lot of the Republicans are are blaming uh, the loss on libertarians because you have states. I believe there is a few states: uh, Arizona, Michigan, um, Minnesota, or Wisconsin. One of the two, maybe both um had more libertarian votes than the than the difference between trump and biden in those states that biden won and i think the same thing happened with nevada as well it could be wrong but you know um this is just the the basis for the argument so they're like oh trump lost because of you guys blah 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 and i'm just like well oh, trump lost because uh he banned bump stocks forced the government to sell three billion dollars worth of meat so they could." Or forced farmers and ranchers to sell the government three billion dollars worth of meat to redistribute it he's trying to get these stimulus package out of the wazoo which is socialist as hell um he's come out and supported against suppressors raising the firearm age uh, uh, red flag gun laws um, i mean raise the nicotine ages i mean all sorts of anti-liberty authoritarian stuff so you know it's it's like i don't know libertarians didn't cost trump the election Trump costed Trump the election because libertarians clearly didn't see him as a good enough candidate to vote for for good reasons. Um and bottom line is is I I realize as I'm looking at this, I think it's kind of funny, is that uh Trump Trump is a liberal. Like he he's a liberal with with strong immigration policy. Um and it's like, you know, a lot of things that deterred people from voting for Donald Trump is stuff that Republicans wouldn't typically support anyways if they weren't having to back up their president um so it's like it's just a weird situation it really is i mean this whole thing is and uh you know i'm just i'm really excited for trump to get out of politics like i really hope that that happens um because the whole thing and the republican party has pretty much become like the trump family's reality tv show i mean yeah like Donald Trump Jr and Eric Trump writing books like these guys don't know jack about politics these guys you know maybe they're right. economics papers or entrepreneurship papers maybe i mean you know you can see that but the bottom line is, is that the way that this this whole thing is just going i mean it's really just become um the reality tv show for the trump family and i hate it I, it drives me absolutely crazy and i'll admit you know back in the in 2016 i was you know big on it you know whatever i i followed it um, and I, I probably talked about my path to libertarianism a couple times on the show. And, you know, and I think uh, when someone asked me that, you know, how did you become a libertarian? Um, you know, it was it was two things. And the first thing that was really the catalyst for it, which uh, really allowed me to open my mind to the new train of thought, was uh, Trump banning bump stocks. And as I talk with people, especially people that are uh, former conservative a lot of them tend agree, actually, which is interesting because the, the one thing that got us, you know, to start heading over to libertarianism was actually a, po- a Republican policy by a Republican or an anti-Republican policy enacted by a Republican, which is interesting. And of course, there's other problems with Republicans, but I just, you know, find it interesting and it goes along with my whole thing of, you know, conservative. And I think libertarianism appeals to the right. I don't care what anyone says. I just in all my experience, I just find that there's no way it doesn't. Um, It's a lot easier to teach uh, a Republican uh, anti-welfare state to open the borders and anti-war than it is to teach Democrats gun rights and economics. but that's what I'm going to be talking about a little bit. I will be talking about economics on here. And, uh, this does not, I guess I just shouldn't say, well, Democrats fits into that liberals as well. I know that, you know, the farther left you get the, you, you know, you're going to get your guns back or whatnot. Uh, you know, Marx had it in there. Uh, you know, uh, what part of, uh, don't seize the arms from the workers or whatever. Uh, do you not understand liberal? So, I mean, I get, you know, I, I think I don't, it's more of an authoritarian position if you ask me a gun rights, but anyways, uh, so that's that's where we're at with that right now. Um, and I can go ahead and talk about this election fraud as well, which is uh I guess it's kind of a touchy topic right now that is for sure. Now I'm definitely not on this voter fraud train that's been going on. Um, definitely not. Um, it is I mean, I guess there's some evidence that you know, as long as it's proven true, might, be able to fornicate the idea of, and fornicate is not the right word there, and falangle with, I don't know. It might entertain the idea that there possibly may have been a little bit of election fraud um, if the evidence is proven right, so on and so forth. Um, I I don't really buy it. I just, you know, I just, I honestly think that Trump lost. I, you know, I guess there's fraud here and there. I'm, and it'd be ignorant to say there's no election fraud because there's at least one person out there doing the election fraud. Um, but I just don't see it in masses. Like they say, I don't see it changing any sort of outcome of the election. Um, they're like, oh, they wouldn't let Trump supporters in the room to count. Yeah, well, how realistic is this? You know, I guess it's going to have to go through the court. Uh, or however they're going to do this I, I guess congress uh has the ultimate power so you'll we'll end up seeing but you know i do have a little video here of, of joe biden and uh this i mean it does make me think that i mean i would never rule out the possibility but i'd say like it's a five to ten percent chance that Election fraud changed the outcome of this election, but but this is one thing that I heard from Joe Biden that you know I don't again I don't want to jump on this election fraud train, but Joe Biden says it right here, and let's let's just listen to it. We put together extensive, inclusive, voter fraud organization history of American Well, I don't. I mean, if you didn't hear that, Joe Biden said, We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. What the hell, dude? Is that I mean, did I just seriously hear this dude say that? <laughs> it's like I is that a Freudian slip? Did he not mean to say that? I maybe he meant prevention. But wow. I mean, that is a possibility that Joe Biden just admitted to. It. Now, how, you know, how uh, close to, you know, someone with dementia, you can't really hold them that close to, well, assuming he has dementia. You can't really hold them, like, right up against something they say. But, I, I mean, it's just, it is peculiar. Like most of this situation, it is awfully peculiar. Um, and it's it's also funny for me to see, like, I've seen a lot of really uneducated Trump supporters um, like post on social media, the counties, and they're like, this is exact election fraud. Like, look at this. There's no way that Trump lost this election. Look how many. Does someone is this your first is this your first rodeo? Because, you know, that the most populated counties go blue and the rural counties go red. So it, it ends up getting pretty close, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, the electoral college is not based off how many counties you win. It's based off it's a adjustment of uh, population, and then it's done by state. Um, so to say that, like looking at these counties, be like, "See, look at this. Trump got ripped off." Like that's just absolutely, absolutely stupid. I mean, it's just it's just ignorant out of the too. And I've seen it like crazy too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I don't know how Joe Biden, I mean, what, what happened there with Joe Biden saying that. And I also think it's kind of, I mean, there was a good amount of election memes as well. I don't know if any of you guys use it for Ben. that like, Um I use it because I've been kicked off every other social media platform and it takes me back a little bit to my younger days where I was just, I mean, I was a meme god, but, uh, and there are some pretty good election memes, you know, about Nevada just completely stalling. You know, like, oh, all right, Nevada, the, the whole election is on your back. Well, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to take three days to count <laughs> 20% of my votes or whatever. Um, that's not entirely statistically accurate. But, um, and, you know, I, I just, like I said, I think that, you know, you might be able to possibly entertain the idea a little bit. Uh, with election fraud, but personally, I just don't think that. Uh, I don't think that it's there's enough for the claim to be warranted. Uh, that being said, I think that I want to give Donald Trump credit on one thing. He has been great for the meme economy. I mean, it has been amazing. It. I mean, it is. It has just been wonderful. I remember seeing this photo of Trump looking at an eclipse with that glasses. And just Mr. President, we highly advise that you don't look at this the eclipse without proper eye protection. And Joe Biden in a rally in Wisconsin, I mean, he's just said the, the funniest thing. And I don't know if he did this on purpose. I guess this could have been a complete accident. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what this dude is doing. And if it was supposed to be funny, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like this is something that Trump, Trump has this thing where he tries to insult people um, to be funny. And he just ends up looking stupid, and they're just bad insults, like uh, how he said, oh, Joe Biden wears the biggest mask i ever seen. Like, all right. (laughs) Okay. Um, He said in in a rally in Wisconsin, I even retweeted this, Sleepy Joe wants to use wind power. He does. He wants to use the wind. Has anyone seen the wind? I haven't. I've seen windmills, though. These things kill so many birds. It's like the Hitchcock movie, but opposite. The birds die, not the people. We love our birds, don't we? We all love birds. They're American. All birds are American. And when a windmill kills a bird, that counts as a COVID death for us. It does. It shouldn't, but it does. There's a bird now. Look, so smart. Some say they're dinosaurs in disguise. Joe Biden would kill that bird and give its job to a bat. A China bat. He will. And I did I mean, that's cool. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he meant it or not. I don't know if he's trying to be funny or not. But that's just gold. I mean, I think that's hilarious. Um, yeah, Trump Trump has been good for the meme economy. And that's one thing it's like, oh, maybe it's because he's the laughing stock. He's some reality TV star that's the goddamn president of the United States. Um but yeah, I I think you know I I think that Trump's been hilarious for the meme economy. It's been it's been gold. The memes that have come from Trump have been gold. And by the and you know I the left can't meme and we all know this, but I don't think the right can meme either. And you all gotta quit using the term libtard because it's cringy as fuck. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean that covers up the gist of the election, I guess. Um, States that I was surprised on, uh, to be honest with you, it wasn't. I, well, I thought the Midwest would have had more states that uh, – I'm going to pull up the election results here just so I'm making sure I'm reading this accurately. Maybe some – Like apparently they're not done counting in Georgia. They called it for Biden. Uh, Trump's behind, what, less, a little bit less than 20,000 votes, 99% reporting. And the Associated Press has not called the race yet. I don't know how old this is. Um, I guess it was uh, – well, 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. So about two hours ago, it was updated last. And I don't know why it's taken Georgia forever either. Uh, awfully peculiar. But, I mean, Joe Biden won pretty solidly. Uh, I didn't see Arizona going blue, to be honest with you. And I thought there was a small chance New Mexico went red. Um, I didn't see Pennsylvania ended up going blue. Definitely didn't see Georgia going blue. I didn't see anything below Virginia going blue at all um, in terms of as far west as Texas. But, uh I mean, yeah, it's. I didn't see Georgia going blue. Uh, I didn't. I definitely didn't see uh, Michigan. I thought Michigan was probably going to go red. I thought that Pennsylvania was probably going to go red. Uh, I didn't see yeah, Nebraska giving. one of their votes. It's not hard to think about it when they split their votes and you take, Lincoln and, um, you know, their population and give it to Biden. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it just genuinely looks like it's over. And that, you know, Trump just came up short. Um, Biden's going to up getting what, 306 electoral votes. To Trump's 232. And. Uh, well, it's just. I don't know. It's just a weird situation. It really is. And uh, I mean, I don't trust it at all. And I wouldn't be surprised if the elections have been rigged since the 80s. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's that. Uh, I don't trust it at all. I don't trust either party at all. I don't trust the reporting at all. I don't trust the news at all. I don't trust the government at all. I don't trust accounting at all. I I mean, I just, this whole thing's a mess. And I think this both ends up one way regardless. Um, and on the bright side, I think it's going to be a lot easier to move with the right instead of the left. So I am in some ways kind of glad that Biden won. Um, so yeah, there's that. And I also, real quick, uh, I just want to talk about ranked choice voting because I've seen a... Uh, Oh, well, Andrew Yang's been talking about it for a little bit. And, you know, I don't like to entertain the opportunity because it's not expressed in the Constitution. Um, It wouldn't exactly be unconstitutional, I don't think. I don't think it's – I don't know. I I think it kind of makes sense in some ways. Um, And I think it's the only way a libertarian can actually win the election in any way, shape, or form uh, on a big stage for now. Um, But, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe we could have a discussion about ranked choice voting. I mean, I'd be open to either side at this point in time. Um and I've seen what's his name? Ricky is it, it's not I don't know if it's Ricky Waters. He was running for the Senate in Arkansas against a Republican incumbent and ended up losing pretty badly. Um I think it was like twenty-five to seventy-five percent, something on those lines. Um he said we should come out and support it or that libertarians should support it. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the only way we can win, but I question the constitutionality of it in some ways. I guess we'll see. But yeah, I mean I just find it interesting that the Democrats put a a racist and a cop in the in the White House. And I'll be completely honest with you. I saw this uh, this tweet from Kamala Harris and uh, I think YAL retweeted it, Mark Claire retweeted it. She just said, "Know that at Joe Biden and I will make up every single will wake up every single day thinking about you and your families." And I just, you know, the last thing I want for these two, the last thing I want is for these two to know my existence. And yeah, I mean that's pretty obvious. I don't, I don't, I don't want either of these guys to know that I exist. Um, I guess there's a possibility, but I don't know. I, guess I got bigger Christian to fry or something like that. Who cares, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, Kamala Harris is an absolute witch, and I think the scariest thing for me at this point in time is recognizing that the possibility is extremely large that she becomes uh, president and Nancy Pelosi becomes vice president and that that makes Chuck Schumer Speaker of the House, I think. Um, But, wow, I mean, yeah, that is – wow. I mean, wow. That is – I'm just – I'm horrified of – kamala harris to be honest with you um and and first of all i think if you're a libertarian and you voted for joe biden that's a vote for kamala harris i mean it literally is a vote for kamala harris but you're literally also voting for kamala harris to be president because i think that everyone knows at this point in time that biden isn't going to make it through a four-year term. i mean you've got all these stupid fucking bitches on twitter these oh liberal women driving absolutely crazy um just Oh yeah, we got the first woman of color in, uh, in the White House. And um, well, she's a witch. I'm just gonna, I mean, she's a witch. She's an absolute witch. And I'm I have nothing against the woman of color being in the office, just not that one. Just not Kamala Harris. I mean, let's negotiate here. Jesus, not Kamala Harris, please. Please, not Kamala Harris. Just, oh my goodness. Absolutely horrifying, and I think that people are sacrificing the good of the nation in the name of meanless progressiveness. Right? It's like, oh yeah, we should have our first, you know, woman president of color. And it's like, yeah, okay. When I mean, I would never not vote for someone because of that. But not her, please God, not her. It's oh, it's horrifying. It's I'm absolutely horrified of Kamala Harris. Um. So that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this. Wrap up the little talk of the election that we had because I'm going to get into some economics. Um, and I'm going to, you know, try and I guess work on my left leaning audience. I'm not sure if I have any left. I have a couple. I know, I I know personally I have a couple. Um, I look at my numbers and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people in here that I just have no idea who's listening to these. So please reach out to me. I want to know who you are. I would love to have personal conversations with my listeners, but this is for, um, well, if you're right wing and you and you believe in the free market, you're gonna like what I had to say here. Um, and if you're left wing, I'm. This is. I guess I'm gonna try and teach a leftist economics so that we can appeal to the left because you gotta appeal to both sides. So. So first of all, um, we're gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez for a minute. Because she's a pretty prominent leader in the progressive movement right now, Um, which makes sense. I mean, a Latino, young Latino woman, um, you know, it makes sense that she'd be the leader for especially the youth, you know, because I mean, and, you know, progressivism as society progresses, society becomes more progressive. I mean, if you look back, I mean, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was an extreme progressive. If you look back in his time, Um, Abraham Lincoln was an extreme progressive. If you look back in his time, that's not I'm not talking about slavery again. A um, little bit different. I And I'm going to make this straight up. Abraham Lincoln was, in my opinion, and I think pretty factually, the worst president in the history of the United States. He was extremely tyrannical, violated all sorts of amendments. I, I mean, I talked about this on the show before. Um, and he was extremely progressive. He uh, he was actually, um, he knew Karl Marx and Hitler wrote about him in, um, oh, what is the, what is the book that Hitler wrote while he was in jail? Mein Freud, or I, I couldn't tell you. It means my, my struggle in German. I don't speak German, but in Hitler's book, they wrote in jail. He credited uh, Abraham Lincoln on his ability to absolutely seize control of a nation, which is exactly what he did. I mean, he got away with killing 3 million Southerners. Uh, he got away with with killing uh, a million of them being um, a million a estimated million. It's a pretty conservative number being women, children and uh, other civilians in the South. I mean, it was just an absolute catastrophe. And I think that uh, a lot like what we're going to see here in the near future, which I think in a civil war is inevitable. I think that we are going to see it with. Uh, I think we're going to see it with. Uh, we're going to see a similarity with the first civil war and that's, it's just going to be a catastrophe. It's not going to be fun for anyone. Um, and it's a war that should have been avoided. There's a level of tyranny that comes, um, with the civil war should just be avoided. Um, we should never allow ourselves to get there. Um, we should never allow politics to be so in control of so much of our lives that we that we have to kill someone in in order to um ensure our freedoms should never and, and that's and it goes it's the same principle that says you know and I tweet about this it, we're this concerned about who's the president and has too much power and I think it's just politics in general if we're if we are this worried um so much about our political system that we need to have a war because it controls our life. It should be it, it should be done away. with. We should have a smaller system. It should not have this much control over our lives. And the government that we have now is never meant to have this much control of our lives. So that being said, I'm going to talk a little bit of economics um, for the left. Um, and the and we have. What we have with. Uh, AOC. Is uh, I mean it's socialism and it's not really hidden and you know and I'm okay with acknowledging that it's socialism that the ideology in America is being talked about, um, which I mean it is what it is. I mean uh, you know countries go through their phases, uh, people have these ideas, people think they can be reenacted, um, but socialism and communism it has created. I mean the welfare state that we see now because we don't have a capitalist economy. We have a crony government interventionalized corporatism government in bed with company. I mean, first of all, I agree with Andrew Yang 100 percent. There should be no corporate bailouts now. Uh, And that's when he was talking about um, student debt forgiveness. And this is something that's really big. It's been big for a few years. Um, And. You know, he's like, well, you know, when in 2008, when we had a $4 trillion Wall Street bailout, no one said they didn't have the money there. So I don't we have the money for uh, student loan forgiveness. And I, well, I mean, I would, I, I would, I mean, student loan forgiveness is about 1.5 trillion. It'll put us in debt. And, uh, or it, if that's how much it's going to cost, I wouldn't say necessarily put us in debt. Um, and we've spent way more than that bailing out corporations. And honestly, if we didn't bail out corporations and we just, I mean i would take that trade i would rather you know student loan forgiveness than corporate bailouts but again there's tons of unintended consequences that would come with that that would be unforeseen so it's possible that uh it would cause a butterfly effect and make it worse but uh just straight looking at it um you know without looking too far ahead i mean it seems like student forget debt forgiveness would be better um to spend our money on than corporate bailouts and i and i hate corporate bailouts um, this is what makes us cronyism because the government does not get to determine which companies uh, fail and succeed. It's not fair. It's it's just ridiculous. Um, but the, see, the problems that we have is the the government steps in and makes the economy worse. And um, and we're going to talk about the welfare state, which is basically uh, socialism is what we have. was um, I, When I was talking to a gentleman. Um who made good money, really good money, um, you know, said that, you know, under Obama's uh, if you could ask if you could get government money, you know, uh, he he qualified and he made plenty of money for fifty thousand dollars a year, which is ridiculous. Um, and I mean, we're we're just promising and spending money that we don't have as an as a as a nation, as an economy, as a people. and uh, you have this whole issue where, People look at government benefits and they think two things. They think, okay, I'm going to pay this back in my life. That's why there's one reason why I'd take it. And then the other reason is if, if I don't, someone else will. And we see, it's kind of like uh, when you put crabs in a bucket and they all just pull each other down when in reality, if they just let it happen and let others get out, you know, you'd be able to, to fix the situation. But but you have people uh, competing against each other for stuff that was never either theirs for these government handouts, and it and it is it just I mean then you have uh, special interests, and when you see these cycles go back and forth, it always ends up benefiting the the corporations and, and the most wealthy. Um, I mean, and the and the welfare's I mean, it just it just completely rips off, and it makes the poorer people poorer. Um, and the bottom line is of socialism, and this is something that, um, needs to be acknowledged. Socialism, uh, for it's socialism and communism is a moral theory. Um, it's a theory of morality, right? That people shouldn't struggle, that people should be able to, uh, have, I guess, fairness. It's, it's a moral theory. Um, but the issue we see with that is real economics, real political science, real social science and real history always come out against and prove against this moral theory that has eternally forever been divorced from its practice. I mean, it is, it, it never, it's just because it sounds great on paper, but like I said, Real social science, political science, economics, and history just proves it wrong. It doesn't work. Um, and, you know, it's, and, and the, the moral theory is understood by many people, um, such as myself, where, like, I understand that, you know, people shouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck. I agree. Um, I don't like to see people struggle. Um, and I think there's different ways around this. Now, first of all, um, if we look back in, uh in history before um every time the government um i mean the minimum wage for example it it was placed to help workers and to uh allow people to make you know a better amount of money but now you have an economy where the minimum wage minimum wage is 7.25 an hour um no people are right you can't live off of that not unless you're working yeah i mean you would have to work more than full time to realistically make it work um and it's i mean i don't know anyone that is I, i don't really know any adults that that work on a minimum wage job and that is uh that's pretty much one of the big issues that we have um with the minimum wage is because the minimum wage just sets a minimum standard so if you got an adult that's working for like $16 an hour and that's how they're making their living i don't see what the, the raising the minimum wage has to do with that uh not to mention that um $16 an hour is hardly enough to be working full-time right now i mean you can't i mean i don't even think you could provide for three people and that'd be extremely hard i mean i think anyone can really make it work if you really made some big lifestyle differences um but it's not the type of comfortability that like a three, four person family would need. Um, and it's not the kind of security they need either. Um, and we see this because um, the inflation has gone out the roof. And this is because the money, the the government is just printing money out of the wazoo. I mean, just this year we've had like a $7 trillion national debt increase. And this, you know, when everyone has a hundred thousand dollars, no one has a hundred thousand uh, dollars. And that's like a, uh, but Incrediboy says in the incredible. So when everyone is has superpowers, when everyone is super, no one is super. And it's and it's true. Um and so and it's like and I've seen jobs that are like paying fourteen dollars an hour for people with, with bachelor's degrees. Um it's real skills and experience are being exchanged for meaningless societal certificates that that uh you know it's it's just it's an interesting situation. It's it, and it's a mess, but uh, you have minimum expectations set by the government on a on a, a negotiation and a rate that should only be determined between the employee and the employer, and uh, you see that because you have a lot of people that are you know that don't ha- work jobs that are minimum wage. Uh, these wages would naturally be higher if you didn't have that minimum standard. Um, because like I said, I don't know anyone that, that lives, you know, that is an adult that works minimum wage. Um, and, you know, many people say, and that's not what minimum wage jobs are for, which I mean, I guess I agree with. But I think that even if you have a 13 a year old, 14, 15 year old working fast food, if you didn't have a minimum wage there. They'd much likely be working for like $10 an hour, which, you know, that age is a pretty solid uh, if you're working part time, you're going to high school and stuff. I mean, that's not a bad amount of. Uh, it's not a bad wage, um, but I mean, it's just. I mean, if you if you look at government, and this is a perfect. I mean, the welfare state is uh, the the entirety of the situation is perfectly displayed by what happened with the uh, the housing branch that Bush had in the early two thousands, and you see. Uh, they come out with these new programs. It was a uh, Nina, no income, no assets, and it allows you to buy a house, which seems really great, you know, because they're, they're a lot, they, but you know, you're allowing people to create a home for themselves and uh, you know, you're allowing people, I mean, this is supposed to help people out, but then what you see is you have a bunch of, it, it ruins traditional banking. You have banks giving out uh, loans um, that are not sound and uh, are not going to get paid back because these people have no income no assets yet. They're able to buy a house. Um, and it's, I, I mean, it is just, and it created a catastrophe. You have a bunch of um, these properties being built because there's a huge boom. People are buying property like crazy. Um, and a lot of, and people are, you know, are taking out second mortgages. People are, you know, buying boats, motorcycles, new cars, so on and so forth. Um, and you have a bunch of faulty credit. And this is very similar to what we saw in the uh, with the stock market crash in the Great Depression, and this is the kind of things we need to avoid. Um, you had in the Great Depression a bunch of people that were using credit to buy stocks, and uh, when they lose money on those stocks, they're they're losing money that they never had in the first place, and it just drives them farther in the debt. Um, and and you see when the stock market goes and crashes like the way it did. Uh, everyone loses their money and you see a similar thing with the housing market here. So when you have an abundance of housing, um, you have all these properties being built and, uh, you have people buying them that can't afford them and can't pay them, pay them off. Um, you see, you see a collapse and you see a a catastrophe happen because you have all these, these properties built that and, uh, all this money pumped into it and, and boom, it was all fake. It was all faulty. It was an illusion. And now we're in a mess, um, and this is and this is pretty consistent through every single um, you know government benefit program that we see. The same the same uh, social reaction happens across the board, and uh, and I think that the the best way to uh, make the situation better. Cause it's like, okay, well, how do you get people to stop using credit? Because clearly a government should not step in and say, you can't use credit. That would lead to another catastrophe. And it would again, take away from traditional banking. Um, and it would, and it would destroy the system. Um, so, you know, what do you do? How do you fix this? And I think that the biggest, the most important thing that, uh, most important thing that we should be teaching is personal fiscal responsibility. Um, I don't think it's wise to use credit to invest in my personal opinion. Like for me, I buy stocks. I do buy stocks. But I use like leftover money that I have. So it's like I, I like to put a certain amount away for savings and I dedicate a certain amount for bills. And I put away a certain amount for um, just the cost of living in general, uh, gas, groceries, uh, for whatever period until I get paid again. Um, and then I like to take out of my spending money. Um, Or sometimes it's like, okay, if I put 500 in savings and then I've got 500 in my checkings and then there's like an extra $25 that um, is just not a number that is, uh, I like to go by those. I mean, it's a little bit stupid, but I like to, it's like this app that rounds up all your purchases and uses that money to invest. Um, it's a similar idea. I just like to use a little bit of the extra money that, you know, makes it even. So uh, I like to, I like to see the zeros. I don't like to see a lot of change. So I'll invest to change. Um, and I think that's what people should be doing. I don't think people should use credit to invest because, um, like I said, if you, if you don't, you know, it, it could end up getting really bad. Um, and so I think that the biggest thing that we need to be uh, emphasizing to people is uh, is personal fiscal responsibility and that's how you change it. Um, if you don't have income and if you don't have an asset, it's probably not a good idea to buy a house. And uh, if you don't have, if you don't have a, a solid income that will allow you to, you know, make this car payment, you know, you probably shouldn't take it out. Or if you don't have a stable job um, and you have a job that's like uh, in the oil and gas industry, where you see a lot of boom and bust cycles, uh, it's probably not a wise idea to take out a four year loan on both. Um, So, I mean, it's, it's the root of it comes from fiscal responsibility and um, and it makes sense, right? So if you'd agree with that, people should be personally fiscally responsible and uh, shouldn't make bad decisions with their money, um, then maybe, you know, it it would help the situation. And the same principle applies to government. We see um, these calls for spending $1.5 trillion on student loan debt. Well we're 30 trillion dollars in debt. That is not fiscally responsible. Um and and you're pushing for we're already in a bad situation. We're already in a place where our national debt has exceeded our GDP and our economy. So why would we spend more money and be less fiscally responsible? If we don't have the money for stuff we're buying. This is just going to cause a total catastrophe. And you know that's what I mean, that's that's how it's going to happen. That's why we've seen what we've seen. And the government has the right to tax the people. So they, they keep trying to wiggle their way out of these situations and they keep putting it off. But all they're doing is just making it worse for whatever generation has to deal with it. And it appears to be my generation. And the older generation, to you younger folk out there, maybe you're progressive. Uh, the older generation has stolen away our freedom because they put in these progressive policies That we can't afford that we don't have the money for and it makes not only that market worse so so like when the government made it so that your student loan debts all come from the government uh you you alter the the market in in an unnatural way um and it deteriorates the value of that service or product um and then and then you're going into debt for it it's just a complete catastrophe and it's a mess. And those are the kind of things we need to avoid. So as we avoid certain situations by being personally fiscally responsible, we can apply that to the government and see that the government needs to be fiscally responsible. Um, and, and you know, to avoid these bad situations and crashes, the housing uh, sector of government was not being fiscally responsible. And be, we saw a mess because of that. So if we see um, these these forms of government decide not to be physically responsible, there is always a negative consequences, and mostly goes unforeseen. Um, but we shouldn't call these things unforeseen um, when there's a known risk by um, paying money that we don't have for something that isn't going to have it's going to it's going to alter the market, deteriorate. The value of said product or service, and um, and it's money that you don't have, and it creates a total mess. and And that's something that you should not only apply to your personal life, but that's something that should be applied to government. Um, that being said, you probably heard tons of arguments about communism, socialism ruining incentive, so on and so forth. The only way that I think it would work, and I'll and you know I don't think it'll be communism and socialism. I think that small communities of like 50 people or more can use volunteerism uh volunteerism is what many libertarian anarchists are um and that is just basically the theory of of and and i guess i am a volunteerist because i believe that people should voluntarily um, give what they can to good causes causes they believe in so on and so forth Um, you know and the the idea is that you when you use force and laws, and you threaten people um, with the promise of putting them behind bars or um, or killing them uh, to to take their money and use it for something they don't believe in. Not only is it not right, but like I said, it creates a, an economic and in, in that market a catastrophe and a situation that is impossible to handle. Um, and it leads to a deterioration of value, and it leads to a crisis when you're not fiscally responsible. Um, and you know, even and we just don't have the money for it. And if I like, if I'm the U.S. government, I don't, I don't want the the national debt to be anything. Like, if I'm the president and the national debt's a zero, like I'm doing my very best. I mean, I want people, I want to be people to debt me if anything. And then that 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 means obviously investing in uh, or. Loaning money that you can get back or whatnot, but I mean, you need. I mean, it's the idea is that you really should strive not to be in debt, and you should never take on more debt than you can handle. And right now, our government, because of all these welfare socialized programs, uh, have taken on more debt than they can handle, and that's why the national debt has exceeded our economic production. Um, and by adding more and more programs, it's just going to make it worse. And we've reached that benchmark. And as we go past the benchmark, it begins to become exponentially worse. Uh, that being said, I'm going to wrap that up. That is, that is the, I'm there's just, just a little bit of economics, uh, for some of these, uh, and, and just social theory as well, uh, for leftists. Um, and if, and if you're listening to this and you have like any, like, if you want to challenge anything that I've said, or if you want to have a conversation about it, um, I would, I would love to talk with you about it. I would love to, you know, have a personal conversation with you. Um, and again, I don't, you know, I, I think that communism in itself in every, uh, in every way that it's been uh, exercised is, is evil. And I see it in, cause you have a monopoly on everything going to one extremely oppressive entity, which is extremely dangerous. I mean, you never want anything to be completely controlled by one person. Um, but I, but I truly think that people like who are getting up there and saying, you know, we need to help these poor people. Out, I don't think they're bad people. I just think that we need to do it voluntarily and ensure that, that we can be fiscally responsible because right now we don't have the financial wiggle room as a nation to be pumping money into these, um, into these markets that not only ruin them, but, um, but, but put us farther in debt and make the situation totally worse all right uh all that being said this is going to wrap up this episode of utah liberty talk thank you guys for listening so much again don't forget to uh help with the algorithms maybe leave review rating whatever uh we have patreon we got online store cool stuff uh patreon has super cool benefits as well actually um so if you go look on there i mean there's tons of opportunities to get free merchandise when you become a patreon um all that cool stuff and you can, talk, you know, have topics on the show and whatever. So uh, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If there's any feedback, you can go on the website and go to the Contact Us tab. Uh, and you can send in a little information or you can DM me on on Twitter. I think, I don't know if that's setting's on or not. If not, you can, you can tweet at me. I'll see it. Um, I'm not famous on Twitter at all. Um, and then uh, you can also reach out to the Utah Liberty Talk page. Um, you can email. Uh, are for freedom at utahladytalk.com. Um yeah yeah, thank you so much. Hope y'all have a great day. Uh, stay safe out there. Um, yeah.